Okay, well, hello, everybody. Welcome. This is Lynette Wolf. And this is Brian Wolf. We are so excited to be doing the Gold Club call. Um, this is actually uh, done on the second Monday of every month, and we want to welcome everybody. Welcome for being on the call. Yes, hello, everybody. Welcome to... Uh, your first, uh, maybe your first call, maybe you've been on this call many times. Uh, the Gold Club call is open for people uh, who are in the Gold Club and who are not in the Gold Club. Isn't that right, Lynette? So the way it works is that um, it's held on the second Monday of every month. If you're a Gold Club member, you can submit your deals prior to the call, and we review them, and you can also call in and ask questions. If you're not a Gold Club member, you can listen uh, but you can't participate. So you can, uh, if you want more information to sign up for the Gold Club, of course, it's ronsgoldclub.com. So ronsgoldclub.com. So the way it works is that... Um, it's a wonderful resource, folks. I mean, we didn't have that when we started out, and I wish we would have. Uh, there was so much helpful information on there. Gold Club newsletter, and uh, we often do training se uh, sessions in there with you. So... That's right. You'll get to see all of them around the grounds training sessions. It is replete with information. You've got to go check it out. Um, so the way we're going to do the call, we're going to get started here, um, is that in order to get in the queue, you would hit press, um, hit star zero. So hit star zero to get in the queue. Um, if you're a Gold Club member, of course. Uh, so if you have any questions, and we have quite a few lead sheets here, so if you submitted lead sheets, hit star zero to get in the queue. And now don't hit it twice, though, because that will take you right out of the queue. <laughs> so only hit it once. But for those of you guys that don't know us, um, we actually um, were Brian and Lynette Wolf. We're the Wolf couple. Yeah. And uh, we had the extreme pleasure of meeting Ron Legrand about 14 years ago. Um, and uh, we have been very blessed, and he has changed our life forever. And we actually live in Arizona, and Brian and I, we average six deals a month. We're like the king and queen of automation, and we've actually closed over $105 million worth of real estate transactions. Um, and we actually do the family, uh, the business with our family. Um, our son is uh, Dashiell. He's 25 years old and our son, Kale, who's 22. So we love doing it um, as, a, as a married couple and as a family. That's right. It's a great business, and there's so many things to like about this business. I've looked at a lot of businesses. We were in different things. Uh, we actually were both realtors at one point. Uh, I ran a mortgage office for AmeriQuest Mortgage at one point, so we were tangentially related to real estate investing in different ways. And uh, I wish we would have just known uh, what Ron eventually taught us a long time ago because we would have applied that because we were spending the same kind of effort. Everybody works hard, I mean, pretty much. I mean, nobody's really lazy. All you guys on this call, I expect that you are seeking to do better and willing to t spend time to do so. And so what you need is a vehicle. And I'll tell you, when I found Ron, I didn't understand the pretty house business. I didn't understand how simple it was and how simple it worked. As most people, I thought uh, investing was rehabbing and landlording, which is the two hardest parts of it. Yeah, we call landlording adult daycare. <laughs> yeah, and so Ron taught us different methodologies and techniques and ways to do it 
uh, that ended up being extremely successful for us, had been successful for so many of his students prior to us and after us. And it's been our pleasure uh, since we met Ron 14 years ago to become trainers, and we are at all of uh, the Quick Start Real Estate Schools, which if you guys haven't been to that yet, that's four intensive days with Ron and us, and you learn the basics of the business. And I'll probably talk a little bit about the basics of the business on this call. I don't know where you guys are at, but some of you, even if you're more advanced, I'm telling you, if you hear the basics again, you go, oh, yeah, uh, you know, if I just made this little tweak over here, that's, I think, what it is. Sometimes you don't even realize going back to the basics, but a lot of you guys who have not set up a real estate investing business, that's what we're here to, you know, what I can, whatever I can teach you guys in an hour uh, in Lynette and May, and we've done it. And, uh, you know, you copy, uh, I'll tell you what, it's not bad to be a copycat if you copy from the right cat. <laughs> So I uh, I borrowed that from somebody. We borrowed um, that from one of our friends. Yes. Yeah, so, but I'll tell you what, guys, that's very true. That if you learn somebody, if you, and that's what we did, we copied Ron. I mean, if you see somebody doing it and you know teaching it properly, and that that's a big thing, and that's what we're all about. And I'm trying to make you guys into professionals, and that's that's my buzzword lately is professional. I want you to. You know, not be out there, uh, you know, I want you to deal with everything professionally. And the, some of the biggest trouble is you're new at the business and you make mistakes and that makes you look unprofessional. So that's why I'm such a big, huge believer in checklists and getting the right scripts in front of you so you don't make those mistakes and you do stay professional. So okay. That's right. So what we're going to do, like I said, we're going to go ahead and um, who is our operator today? Hi, it's Rashawn. Oh, good. Hi, Rashawn. We're so happy Hi. to have you again. Uh, Rashawn, oh, do we you. have anybody in the queue yet? Yes, we certainly do. Um, our first question comes from Jamal. Jamal, please state your question. Hey, how y'all doing tonight? Hey, Jamal, how are you? Oh, hello, Jamal. Where are you from? Uh, Douglasville, Georgia, which is like 30 minutes west of Atlanta. Okay, great. Awesome. Yeah, Welcome. Good area. Okay. Um, yeah, I just had a quick question. Um, I guess um, about the website. Um, I'm just looking, I guess, for the um, Q&As from previous months as well, and I don't see them on the website. Um, are you guys still posting them? Because I haven't seen a Q&A for, like, June, July, and August. And I'm just wondering, um, are they still on the website somewhere? Are you talking about, like, Ron's Q&A or Ron's uh, answering questions of the month or something? Yeah, the Q&A calls. Um, Okay. Yeah, these calls. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I don't know exactly, recorded. honey. Do you know how, where that's posted on the Gold Club? Um. Yeah, it's actually they're recorded and um they're under resources. So okay. if you go under the resource section, mm -hmm. um, you'll see that all of these. Uh, now the calls on the second Monday of every month, the Gold Club calls are recorded. Now, the ones that um, we participate and we help around the ground out doing the alumni calls, which is always the fourth Monday of every month, uh, those are not recorded. Um, those are uh, just for students that have actually been to the Quick Start Real Estate School. So they don't put those on the Gold Club. But, yes, they're under the resource section, Jamal. Okay. Yeah, I mean, because I had looked, looked on the resource section, and I think the last call they had was like the 
one for May, but they didn't have, they didn't have the one for June, July, and August. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll make sure that uh, our friend catches up on all of the most recent ones. Um, Debbie okay. is phenomenal, and I will give her a call when we hang up, okay? Okay, okay. Like I said, that's the only question I had. I, I love what y'all do, and just continue success, and I'm going to be at a quick start school real soon. Oh, that's awesome. Don't forget to bring Lee Cheats with you. We love oh, calling your sellers. That's our favorite part of the whole business. Oh, I won't. I won't. I'll bring plenty of them. <laughs> Thank you, Jamal. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right, who's next in the queue? Rashawn. Our next question comes from Sherry. Sherry, please state your question. Um, do I need to hit something? Hi, Sherry. Well, hi, Sherry. Hi, Brian and Lynette. <laughs> oh, hi. it's so nice to hear your voice. Yes. I oh, love your energy. You're almost as energetic as me. They call me the Energizer yes, Bunny. No one comes close to you, Lynette. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for the compliment anyway. Um, I am still uh, working with this one seller. I sent the property information sheet to you. Do you have it with Bill? Yeah, Murray? let's run through the numbers for everybody who's on the call. Okay. Do you mind running through the important numbers? You know that, the ones with the asterisks yep. on the property information sheet. Yes. So the asking price is 149000 That's his asking price. Um, the, I got an appraisal from a realtor, and it actually came out to less than one thirty-five, but I'm putting one thirty-five. Um, so that would be my comps, and the red comps are 1100 to 1200 Now, the, that appraisal, it's a really strange neighborhood. The street next door to this cul-de-sac, um, very different than this cul-de-sac. The cul-de-sac is phenomenal, and two houses sold on that street, and that's why the appraisal is so low. But in that cul-de-sac and other streets around there, the appraisals are coming in much higher. Um, I'm sorry, the the listing price, but those are sold prices. That's where the comps came out to about 135 or so. And did you go to uh, realestateabc.com? Um, it wasn't that one, but I did go to um, another comp place on on the web and uh, with oh, REI. Did you say a realtor pulled these comps for you, or did yeah. the realtor work up that number for you? You yes. guys, I want you to do your own comps. Here's the easy way to do it. It's really quick, and just go on. The easiest resource that we found just in terms of display is Real Estate ABC, and that's tied to Zillow. It even has the Zestimate on there, and I'll tell you, folks, it's a Zillow world out there, and most times when you run into sellers and buyers, they're likely aware of what their Zestimate is, and they are likely aware of the other information on the Zillow posting. And so you may have found this deal off Zillow, but uh, there is, uh, if you are looking at a property to buy or if you're selling a property, you better make sure your Zillow listing looks right because I'll tell you, people won't come to an open house or they won't call you based off your Zillow listing being wrong. So it's important to get familiar with Zillow these days, especially in the for sale by owner world. Uh, the Pretty House World, this is a big resource for you guys, and they're pretty good. The only thing is with Real Estate ABC is they have a little easier display to read. It's like a grid, and it's just all the way down. It's a little table, and it has all the solds on it, and it lists them. And what you, what the first column to look for 
uh, you, you, sometimes this is confusing when you're looking for a comp. The first comp in this uh, chart to look for, the first uh, row, is actually square footage because they're mixing in a lot of these square footages. You might, your subject property, I'm guessing, at a 149, it's probably about 1,500 square feet. Do you know what the square footage is on that one, Terry? Actually, 1,354. Okay, so you guys, you guys will get a real good feel of uh, what size your average house is in your neighborhoods. And most of, most of what you're going to be buying is probably three-bedroom, two-bath, and four-bedroom, two-bath. Four-bedrooms is better than two. Usually we like that better. It's easier to sell. And one-bathroom sometimes, although those are harder to sell. So you've got to look up in the comps and just go right down the row of where it says square footage in this real estate ABC chart and see whatever the first thing you see that's within you know, at least 100, maybe 200 square feet of what yours is. It's better if it's within 100. And then you just uh, look over on that line and see what it sold for and look at the date. Those are the two most important things, what it sold for and what date did it sell. Now, how, when would you like it to sell? Certainly within the last six months, maybe within the last few months. Obviously, the more recent, the better if it's a good comp. Uh, and you're just, <clears throat> I don't want you to try to average this out. Try to look at, you know, if you can find, you know, three or four on there and get the top two. You're looking for price at that point. So at some point, you're just going to start looking at the price column. But at some point, you know, everything, if you look at the price column right away, you're going to get all dazzled because there's going to be houses in there that are 1,000 square feet more than your house. So that you're just going to get off track. So that's the easy way to look. Now, if you can tell me, and normally that's all I ask. When I ask you guys about comps or Lynette does and you're working a deal, I say, what's the two best comps you found on Real Estate ABC? And you'll say, well, there's one that was, uh, you know, it's six blocks away. It sold uh, four months ago for 150 And then there's this other one that is uh, one mile away. It sold uh, six months ago, and that one sold for 135 you know, and so then you then you can look and see what you really have. Now I don't know what comps you have on this, but 135 seems pretty low. Uh, and if yeah. it's a nice house on a nice street, and these other ones are selling for more closer to 150, is that what's going on, Sherry? Actually, um, the estimate is 156,994. Oh, okay. And well, I that's think- great. That's great, yeah. except, you know, your seller probably knows that Zestimate, too. Here's the cool thing about Zestimate, guys. Sometimes your seller will be relying on that Zestimate, and sometimes the Zestimate, you don't know what logarithms they're using to pull in comps, and sometimes they're pulling in bank-owned distress sales, and that's making the Zestimate low. So if the Zestimate's low, that's, you know, you can, uh, they'll probably think that that's probably the right price. Um, now, in this case, uh, maybe that estimate's a little high, and sometimes you'll run into that too. So, but if the estimate's up at 156, then you got to have some solds in there that are, you know, up by 160, 170, uh, or something like that to balance out, you know, to get it up to 156. So, if they're willing to sell it, so what are they willing to sell it for you? And did you get any kind of terms on this, Sherry? Yes. Yeah, so, 149 is what their initial asking price is, and I am I. They originally wanted owner um, financing, but I'm more comfortable with lease option, and they're okay with that. With zero down, um, their mortgage payments nine seventy five a month. They're willing to give it to me for nine ninety five a month for five year term. That's all great. That's great. Um, um, now, why do you say you're more comfortable with uh, lease purchase? There's there are several reasons why you guys should lease purchase properties. 
Uh, I have actually a whole, there's seven reasons, actually. And normally we want you, Ron used to say, get the deed or get the door, which means taking ownership and doing some kind of owner financing or subject to. Uh, there's reasons not to do that. And now what's your reason on this one, Sherry? Well, they're not giving you a whole ton of free equity, I'll tell you. If, they're, if you're buying it, have you got them down on the 149? Have you tried? No, I am trying. I'm still trying. We're supposed to talk tonight, so I'm really glad that we're having this call. Um, How much is their mortgage? Their mortgage, what they owe, you mean? Yeah. 95000 Okay. Now, they're going to lease purchase it for five years, and they're – and you have a five-year. Can you, if you can write this up, and you have a 995 payment for five years, and they don't say no, no, we're only going to write it for, you know, one year, two years, then because then we're going to raise the price. But if you can get them to write a five-year lease purchase for 995 a month, uh, you know, I, I don't know that I'd mess with it if they already agreed to that. But uh, just my, you know, out of curiosity, how come you're leaning to that strategy? Well, well, not to get into all the details, you kind of know a little bit about it, but it's mainly from a past house that I did in owner financing. And it's right. turned and, into and a here's, here's the other thing. Obviously, if you're not getting a lot of free equity in a property, and, uh, you know, and it's, it's the cheapest close. And here's the one thing, guys, everybody right now, uh, raise your hand if you know exactly what the closing costs are in your state. Okay, let me count now. Keep your hand up. No, uh, no, seriously, guys, you should all know what the closing calls are in your state. Be, co closing closing costs because transfer in like uh, Washington State, for instance, most areas have like 1.8 uh, percent excise tax. So if you're buying a $300,000 property, it's going to cost you almost $6,000. Florida also has doc stamps that are you know, make a transaction like this kind of expensive to transfer title. So if somebody, especially if somebody's only going to give you two years or three years, not very much time, it's better to just do a, a quick sandwich lease purchase and uh, not go through, especially if you have high transfer taxes, uh, not go through that and just, and some of you guys who live in states with high transfer taxes will probably use sandwich lease purchase almost all the time just as a default strategy because then you're not uh, incurring a bunch of uh, costs that you don't have to. However, if somebody's giving you a two hundred thousand dollar house for one hundred fifty thousand, uh, and you you know you're walking into a ton of free equity, uh, you know then you got to really think long and hard. Maybe it's worth spending the you know five thousand or whatever it takes to get it in your company's name uh, or in a land trust. You know own it because then you're more protected. Obviously, if you have a lease purchase on a property. Uh, you can try to do fancy things like have the deed held in escrow and stuff, but at some point, usually the way these things are structured, that seller is going to have to come back and sign the deed over to you, and they're going to have to execute your option. You know, so that's why, uh, you know, you're in more of a power position, obviously, property. But that's that's a good deal, Sherry. I mean, the five years yeah. is what I, what I really like because the term, people misunderstand. You know how. The, how important that term is, because I'll tell you, the 149. Even if you're paying almost retail, uh, that house is not going to be worth that in five years. And if you've got a, now I would hope you'd be asking probably 12.95 a month. And if you're paying 9.95, yeah, because yeah. remember the lease purchase buyer, you can ask more because they don't have the luxury of going to the bank and getting their own traditional mortgage. So. 
um, they'll pay more than what the rental meter, the going rate is. But I did want to mention another, one other thing. Ron talked about not killing the golden goose. We love, um, Brian and I are big on doing uh, pretty house deals. That's the majority of our deals. And we like to um, go ahead and get the deer, get the door. We happen to have very low uh, transfer tax here. So uh, what we do is we like to do um, buy this house. I'm sure you wrote, would write it up the right way. Um, if you are doing a lease purchase to make sure purchase price uh, equals loan balance at time of payoff, you want to make sure to get the principal buy down. And that's why we like to stay in the deals, Sherry, because not only are you in the next five years, this house is going to be worth more money, but that $95,000 mortgage is going to be uh, reduced and you get the principal buy down. So if they're asking for one forty nine though, and they only own ninety five thousand, how do you say that the purchase price? Okay, is low guys, enough? I didn't want to get into this, but Lynette launched this ship <laughs> off. The I knew it, honey. I was thinking that. We all have to jump in, or else we're going to drown. So here we go. <laughs> Just write this down if you have a pen. Anytime you buy a property, sandwich lease purchase. You are, whatever the price is, you are not buying this house for 149 okay? This is how you're going to write this up. And I'll tell you what, guys, 90% of the time or more, they're going to be fine with this because uh, just let me explain how it works, okay? So you're, gonna, you're never going to sandwich lease purchase a house and then have the option. You have an option part of your contract between you and the seller. Actually, yours are in one document. Your lease and option are together in one Document. Right. However, when you're selling to the buyer, they're not. They're, there's a separate option right. and a separate, separate. lease. Yep. So now when you're buying with this option, the way you're going to write the purchase price is, uh, now if, they, if you were buying it for just exactly what they owed on it, that's a little simpler because you would just write purchase price to equal uh, mortgage payoff amount this is important now. Don't say loan balance uh, because you don't. The loan balance is different from the mortgage payoff amount. The mortgage payoff amount is going to be a very specific amount uh, with escrow calculated in and everything. So mortgage payoff amount at time of cash out closing. Okay, so that's that's what you're buying whenever you're doing a sandwich lease purchase. That's your purchase price. Every one of you guys is buying the house on a sandwich lease purchase for the same price. And that is that, you know, purchase price to equal uh, mortgage payoff amount at time of cash out closing. Okay, so that means when your lease purchase buyer qualifies and cashes out the mortgage, you are going to pay whatever the mortgage payoff amount is at that moment. Okay, so that's how you're getting credit. Now, let's say, now, now they only owe 95 so you're buying it for 149 so how do you do that? Well, what you write in is uh, purchase price to equal mortgage payoff amount plus... Uh, 55000 54000 Oh, yeah, 54000 Yeah, 50 plus 54000 uh, at time of cash out closing. So mortgage, you know, purchase price... Okay. Equal, okay, now I, I hope that's a little complicated, you guys. And, uh, you know, some of you who have never done a deal on the Gold Club, this is, this is uh, don't get too, you know, tangled up with this stuff. Uh, the paperwork, once you get to the quick start, it's, it's a lot easier. 
Um, but, uh, you know, it, that's, that's a key. See, there's, there's keys, little techniques that we teach you uh, that will make you a lot more money. So let's say your lease purchase buyer goes through with this deal, and it takes them three years to do it. So off that $95,000 mortgage in three years, how much do you think they're going to owe? Uh, it depends on their amortization schedule and where they are in it and all that stuff. But it's a pretty good possibility they're going to owe under 90 for sure, maybe 85. You know, you know, and that's that's all money that you're making. You're making maybe 10 grand or something more uh, because you wrote this you wrote this one line in a contract properly. Okay, so that's how I want you to do it. Do you understand, Sherry? I do understand. I I have one other question, and that's related to um, I had an inspection done on the house is really cute and it's well taken care of, but it's been neglected in the sense of updates and stuff. And um, the inspection basically said the roof roof is going to need to be replaced in like three years, and uh, there are some problems with the house that's going to cost about $44,000. Wow. So it's eighty thousand for the roof plus forty four. No, I'm sorry, not forty four thousand. I was like, what? Yeah, I thought, are you talking wow. about? I'm sorry. Yeah, this must be so, a three hundred thousand dollar house or something. So what, what's the arv on this house, Sherry? One. It's the same house. Uh, so the arv, I, I think, is more like about one seventy, one seventy five. Oh. Okay. All right. And you think it needs exactly what in repairs? How much? Four thousand. You meant? So 4400 that's stuff like there's a leak in the shower. So the okay, I don't want to hear it, but 4400 okay. right now plus a roof in three years. Plus the roof. Plus All right, well, that's a perfect work plus. for equity deal, you know. I mean, that's... I know, that's what I was going to do. And the water heater and the furnace are at end of life. So okay, that's, now that's a little tricky, actually, because... Yeah. Yeah, when you are putting someone as a work for equity, and for you guys who aren't so familiar with this, it's the same as sweat equity. Basically, the idea is they're getting a deal on the house because they're willing to take on all the repairs at their own expense. It's not like you guys are, you know, giving them money and they're fixing this place up. They're fixing it up at their own expense. So you give them a little bit of of a price break, and honestly, not that much. Um, So if the ARV on this house is 170. Uh, and it needs, you know, a bunch of little $4,400 worth of stuff plus a roof in three years. Now, here's the trick is that large systems are a little bit different, and you might have to kind of calculate that in. But I'd probably be asking 159.9, and if the area is hot, you know, maybe 164.9, or, you know, you can be pretty aggressive sometimes because, remember, these people can't qualify for a regular house, and just the idea that they could uh, get a house for themselves, they have bad credit, and fix it up the way they want and live in it forever, if they can get, you know, go through the qualifying process and we'll help them, that's, that's a dream to them. So sometimes, uh, you know, this is just the kind of property that you can, you know, uh, ask a lot without having to do the repairs. But let's say you got 160 uh, for it. So what, what's uh, but now let me just address this thing on large systems. Uh, usually, you guys should know in your area how long uh, air conditioning unit usually goes, uh, a heating air conditioning unit. Now we our units out in Arizona, uh, you know, you're lucky to get maybe 15 years. But you know, if you buy a house that the unit's over 10 years old, 
you may not have that much left on it. And if you put someone in there and tell them, now you're responsible for all the repairs, remember, guys, that's a whole key linchpin to our entire lease purchase program. That's why it works so well is we're not landlords. We're not getting calls in the middle of the night, come fix my toilet. It's because we have that part of in the contract that says they're responsible for the repairs. However, if uh, you know a five thousand dollar air conditioning unit blows up, or even a two thousand dollar small house, uh, you know whatever, that's a huge expense to a lot of people, and they're yeah. not you know going to have that money. And so sometimes you, if you know it's on its last legs going in, you'll write up some kind of a deal where you'll say maybe I'll I'll take care of that, uh, but I'm going to add a couple thousand to the purchase price of the house or something like that. Or, or you can say, look, when this goes bad, and let, let's face it, it could last another five years. It could last another ten years. Who knows? It could be a miracle. But if it lasts long, you know, if, if it goes bad between the time of, uh, that you buy the house and now, we'll split it. So yeah, all of this stuff is negotiable. Yeah, everything's negotiable, that's for sure. But you should know going in, don't, don't put a person in a straight lease purchase house that you fixed up and you staged and it's real pretty and everything, and it has an old AC unit out there just wheezing on its last legs, and you put them in there and the thing blows up in three months and you say, you know, oh, no, you signed this thing that you get, you know, and it's $4,000 or something. That's not fair either. That's right. the key, guys. We've got to be fair on, on these things for sure. Okay, did you have right. any other questions on that one, Sherry? Um, no, I think the big complication that I, I'm confused is all these things that are at the end of life. And it's great if it was just one or two items, but it's like almost everything. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just a little confused on that. And, well, and yeah. you may you may decide versus a work for equity buyer if there's enough numbers and it makes sense and it's under mail, you could do a wholesale buyer and just be out of the deal. You're not in the chain of title. So what are they asking? For? What's your negotiated purchase price? Where are you at with that? The negotiated right now is 149, but they also got I I shared with them the roof estimate and the inspection that I did on it and what needed to be done, so they know it's not as great a condition as they thought it was. So I'm going to renegotiate it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to negotiate it down. Maybe get I'm another thinking. ten grand off or something. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, because maybe they're not so aware. All right, well, yeah, Sherry, you always posted, um, We do have to take another call already, Sherry. You always have great things okay. to talk about, so good job. And way to get out there and get stuff going. Say hi to your daughter for us. <laughs> oh, you mean my husband. I don't have a daughter. Husband, I meant, sorry. I meant husband. I said I was thinking about my daughter Trinity. She's coming home pretty soon. I had daughter on the brain. That's okay. Right. Thank you, Sherry. They had a see. Okay, here we go. Our next question comes from Jennifer. Jennifer, please state your question. Hi, Jennifer. Jennifer? I was listening, but I do have a question, but I'm new to the um, Gold Cross. Sure. That's great. I've been Jennifer, where, where are you from, first off? Where are you from? I am from Wilmington, North Carolina. Awesome. Yes, Wilmington, North Carolina. And I just finished up all my affiliate uh, marketing videos, and um, I called uh, one of the um, senior advisors over at the um, main office, Ron's main office, Mm -hmm. I did not get her today, okay. and I wanted to find out, if possible, how do you um, 
get the cards that run so you can mark uh, market it for the one dollar wholesale um, program marketing and getting people to know yeah. about his one dollar offer. Um, you know what, Jennifer? I'm actually yes. going to have you shoot me um, an email, and I'm going to help you out with that. Okay? Okay. It's okay. Uh, wolfcouple at gmail dot com. So W O L F F couple C O U P L E at gmail dot com. At gmail dot com. Yep. Okay. Was that your only question? And two setting up. Um, well, I can ask you the same question in the email, but okay. still, uh, still related to that. Related then, to that. Yeah. I, still, I, I just started going over my wholesale videos. So, okay. Awesome. Okay. Thank yes, you. and that does bring up a good point for all you guys. If you have not uh, taken advantage of the fact that you can be an affiliate, uh, you can actually ha you know, sign up people for classes in that of Ron's or products, and you get, I think it's 50-50 on the... Uh, Affiliate, yes. Uh, you can an sign affiliate. up to be an affiliate. It's an awesome program. Uh, so that's something that you can check out. That's what she was talking about there. So awesome. Okay, do we have an, our next question? Rashan? Okay, our next question comes from Susan. Susan, please state your question. Hi, Susan. Hi, Lynette and Brian. How are you? Hey. Hey. <laughs> Hello, Susan. Tell everybody where you're from, even though we know. <laughs> Chicago. Yeah. Awesome. It was great yep. seeing you again. You've been to the Quick Start Real Estate School, what, twice now? Yep, that's my second time, and I'm still working on my first deal. But uh, I did go talk to a seller, and he's very flexible. He wants to do terms, but I'm not sure about this deal because um, I went to look at the house and uh, it's an older home. It was built in the 1800s. Okay. It's in a great, it's in a great area and everything, but I'm having trouble running cops because, you know, it's just, it's a weird house. <laughs> uh, have you, uh, so you've been in the house and walked through it? Yes. Is it laid out funny? Is it is structurally obsolete? Is it like a normal house, like normal people would say, okay, I could live in here? Actually, I thought it was kind of unique, but it it only has like two bedrooms, and then upstairs it doesn't really have a it doesn't really have a master bedroom. What's upstairs? So uh, there's two bathrooms and two bedrooms, but the bathroom isn't really attached to the bedroom. It's like in the hallway. Okay. That's what we call functional obsolescence. Well, on this one, yeah. uh, okay, so what are they, what's the deal that you've got with them then? Where are you at with that? Well, I was going to uh, give them a call back and uh, see if I can negotiate a, um, you know, a terms deal so I could pay okay. them. Uh, they, they own a free and clear. Okay. Free and clear. And how much do you think it's worth? And you're having problems because it's a weird property. Has there sold, I mean, there must be other houses around that house that are similar in age. And this thing must have been updated at some point. Uh, does it look like, you know, 1950s or 70s or something that got updated at all since the 1800s? Um, it's got, they said it had new plumbing and new electrical. 
and it is one of the oldest houses in the area. I can't find anything else that was even close to 1900. Uh, or um, 1992, 1993. I looked on um, real estate ABC. Okay, this, you know, uh, sometimes you can get homes designated as as historic, historic landmarks. How old? This whole home is really old. Uh, so you're concerned about the, you know, uh, but if it has all new plumbing and electrical, I, I'd be curious when was that done. I mean, when was ask them when the plumbing and electrical was done. Uh, you know, if it's what's the total square footage of this house? He said he doesn't know what the square footage is. And when I went in there with, I went in with my brother. I don't know if you remember him. He was at the school with me. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, he he in the corners in the basement there was um, like insulation mm-hmm. just shoved in the corners. It mm-hmm. looks nice and new, and it's freshly painted, but it was just weird that there was insulation in the corners, and my brother said it looked like they were trying to hide something. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would, uh, you know, I you got to have a house like that inspected, number one. Now, a lot of houses mm-hmm. that we buy, just because we live in Arizona and a lot of new constructions out here, most of it's built after 1990. You guys need to know mm-hmm. your area, and if there's a whole bunch of houses built in the 50s, you're going to use inspectors a lot more, and you're going to walk through these houses, and you're going to think they're okay, but inspection, an inspector is cheap compared to making a mistake. And if you have an older right. house like this, there's just no question you need to get this thing inspected. And, uh, you know, and, and you need to get what – I mean, this is before if they're serious about doing something. Um, now, what, what's the ARV on this house, and, and what are they going to sell it to you for? Um. It looks like uh, they're going to let me get it for about three hundred thousand, and okay. the R would be three three thirty. Okay, and are they are is he going to do it for nothing down? Have you gotten into it that far? Yes, yes, okay. nothing down, and um, he said we could, you know, I can do monthly payments, so I'm going to okay. be doing a lease option. Okay, and you see now, if you're just lease optioning, I feel way better. Because uh, then you're not locking yourself in, and if anything is really weird with the house, uh, remember, guys, when you do a lease purchase or lease option, and that, don't get confused, that's the same thing. Uh, if you're doing a lease option, you have an option to buy. We usually like to say lease purchase because it sounds more positive, like you're going forward with the lease purchase. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I would say mm-hmm. if you're doing a lease purchase, I like, and then what's the term? Hey, have you talked about time? Like, what's the most amount of years um, they'll give us? Yeah, I don't know what to, I think I okay. told him at least uh, two years, but I don't well, know. We never throw out a number, time. obviously. We well, always, but but you, most, if I, you said at least two years, um, and, guys, this is why notes and stuff is really important, and that's another thing that's kind of a pet peeve that I harp on all the time, is have if somebody else is working on it or if you're working on it, you've got to take good notes, especially when you get three or four or five deals going at once. You're not going to remember stuff. And uh, so when you threw out, you know, we need at least two years, what was his response there? He said it sounds doable. He wants to get he wants to get some, you know, some of his money back out of the property. It looks like he's taking care of it. He did a lot of uh, painting and stuff. So okay, well, but he has some original radiators and stuff. <laughs> no, said he wants to get some of his money out, but he said, but you said he's okay with nothing down. Right. Right. 
Okay, so he just yeah. wants to get the money out eventually. Eventually, yeah. right. Well, I like a lot of things. I mean, obviously the nothing down, and now the key is uh, the longest possible term. And if you're doing a lease purchase, okay. here's what I want you to, the way I want you to phrase it. I don't want you to say I want five years or ten years. It sounds too long, but if you say with a, with a lease purchase, I, it's in our scripts, and you have those. So just say yes. that you want three years with a renewal of three. Uh, you don't even say okay. one renewal period at buyer's discretion is how you say it. And so it's... Three years with one renewal of buyer's discretion. Yeah, so you got a three-year period with one renewal, mm -hmm. and then when you write it up, you'll write it up with one renewal period of three years. So that's a six-year term. And if you have it, you're not going to have it longer than six years probably, but if you do have it that long... Uh, you can, chances are they don't care at that point, and the, you'll be able to extend that even after six years. But uh, at some point over that six years, you're probably going to pull the trigger and buy it. Yeah, and that's, that's a really good point, Brian. Um, one quick thing, Susan, I know you were wondering about the value. And with the uh, buying it on a lease purchase, uh, lease with option to buy, you have that paragraph three, which says um, if you don't uh, uh, procure um, the buyer, you have 90 days or it's null and void, you know, paragraph three of the lease option mm -hmm. paperwork. So really you're, only, you're, you're not risking anything and take it out to the marketplace and you're going to find out what the true value is real fast the second you have mm -hmm. it under contract and take it to the marketplace. Okay. Um, okay. Are they okay, Thank you though, uh, do you have an inspector? Do you know any inspectors in town? Uh, no, but I... Okay, guys, everybody needs to think about their dream team, and there are certain people that you're going to refer on over and over again. And if you are in an area, and I, I'll, I'll admit to you, I don't, we don't use an inspector on a lot of houses, uh, but if you're in, there, in an area where there's a lot of older houses, you're going to want to get a good inspector on your dream team who you can you know, get to look at these properties for you. Okay? That was an excellent question. Great question. All right. Thank you. You bet. You're welcome. Good luck. Rashawn, how many people are in the queue right now? Um, we have a total of nine holding with questions. Okay. We're going to go a little bit faster and probably cut the queue off then here with nine people. Yeah. Don't. No more people in the queue. Okay. Our next question comes from Dale. Dale, please state your question. Hi, Dale. Hi. How are you doing today? Doing great. Hi, Dale. That's my brother's name, but I do have five <laughs> brothers, so um, <laughs> I might forget it. Um, so where are you yeah. from? Uh, Florida. I'm in central Florida in um, Palm Bay. Awesome. And what's your question tonight? Okay. I, I actually submitted some lead sheets. Um, I'm not sure if you, yes. you, guys, you guys got it. Let's um let's do the uh, what's the most one. important lead sheet. Let's run through the quick numbers. What's what's the mortgage? What's it worth? And what's the seller want? Okay, the it's free and clear. Um, they're asking three ten. Um, the seller is willing to do terms. Um, my question is, it it currently has a tenant in it uh, until February, um, and the seller is flexible in terms of. Uh, the, the length, so he will do, you know, up to 30 years, um, but he's oh. a little bit more savvy, so he's, he, you know. Okay, well, you can to... stop right there. I don't care about the tenant. Uh, we just let the tenant stay in there. How much are they paying, though? We do care about that. Uh, they're paying... Are they covering the payment? 
They're paying twenty two fifty right now. If you buy it from him, have you talked about what price you're going to pay him per month? I told him that I would have to essentially work out and say, I basically told him I want the payments low enough to where I'm getting you the positive cash for a break even. And he said, okay. So, okay. Um, yeah, that way you can take care of maintenance repairs and all that stuff. So he's willing to do nothing down, give you 30 years, and it'll be a nice monthly. Is that right? Is he willing to do nothing down? Have you talked about that? Yeah, he said he would do he would do nothing down. Uh, but like I said, in in, ter- in in the length of the mortgage, um, you know, he he may want uh, interest, uh, and so I'm, I'm I'm trying to figure out what's the best way to. Um, okay. And when you are negotiating, guys, any of you who are doing an owner financing deal, uh, if you, I hope some of you guys are writing this down, or a lot of you, but I'm going to tell you right now, if you're doing a pretty house deal. You're going to do one of three types of deal, almost like 98% of the time. There's some fancy deals like uh, subordination and that, but don't worry about that. The main three deals you're going to do in the pretty house world are subject to, and the second one is owner financing, and the third is sandwich lease purchase, which we just talked about on that other deal. Okay, now this on an owner financing deal, if it's a free and clear house, that's what your brain should automatically go to. Okay, this mean, that means owner financing. Okay, that's unless now you're in Florida, so you do have transfer taxes to consider. And on a more expensive house like this, uh, that's kind of considerable. I mean, you're talking about nine grand or something in transfer taxes possibly. I mean, it's going to be expensive. So that's where you sometimes want to think sandwich lease purchase. However, if you're doing an owner financing deal, the way you do it is you have to actually calculate if there's no underlying mortgage, you have to make up the terms you have nothing to go off of that's why subject twos are nice because everything's already in place and you can just use borrow the terms of the existing financing now if you're doing an owner financing it's a brand new deal where do you go to try to figure it out well you need to go to a mortgage calculator site probably bankrate.com is good yeah bankrate.com And you just put in the numbers. You put in however much you're paying. You put in 30 years. You definitely want 30 years. You're always going to amortize it over 30 years. Now, sometimes the seller is going to want a balloon. Now, if your seller is cool with 30 years, that is amazing and super valuable. Okay, so, uh, but mostly you'll, you'll amortize it over 30 years, so the payment will, you know, be as if you're going to pay it off in 30 years. But you'll put a balloon payment in where the whole thing comes due after like 10 years, okay? That's how owner financing works. That's why if people don't want to wait 30 years, sometimes people think owner financing means I have to give you a 30-year mortgage. No, it just means you'll give me a mortgage that I pay you as if it's amortized over 30 years, but maybe it ends in five years, okay? You know, maybe the balloon payment ends in five years, and uh, I have to pay you off in full. So now normally we go by 4%. That's the number we're putting in there right now. If they don't ask for a number, and, you know, if you, that's. Well, yeah, usually we don't even pay interest, though. I mean, we say, what, interest? What do you want interest for? Well, no, 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 no. If you guys are buying a huge, that's for like a second mortgage. He's asking for some interest, though. Um, Yeah, if you're paying interest on a house that's a $300,000 house or something, and it's a first mortgage, you are absolutely going to pay interest. Nobody's going to give you a $300,000 mortgage with no interest on it. Plus, their lawyer would never let you do it. Um, and just now, have you guys talked interest rate? Normally, we, we shoot for 4%. Yeah, 
And so I would go on bankrate.com, figure out the purchase price, enter that in, put in the interest rate of 4%. Now, you, it's good to know what the taxes and insurance are on the house, and, uh, and then, but that will give you your principal and interest payment. So if you, you know, whatever, 300000 amortized over 30 years at 4%. So you can you can go for that, or like Lynette says, you know, just go for zero percent, and uh, maybe you never know. Um, okay, and well, you know what? I say be as aggressive as you can when negotiating, unless you make them upset. And if it's somebody who's kind of savvy or an investor who kind of knows their way around, I, and like Brian said, you always want to start with the lease. You know, if they do say interest, you know, what's the lease you would take? Because we never like to give out the number in negotiations. Whoever gets out the number is a loser. But in right. terms of owner financing, sometimes you have to propose the deal to them, kind of. You, I mean, you got to figure out purchase price by, you know, what's the least you'd sell it to me for? Is that the best you can do? Uh, and you can figure stuff out like that. But uh, in terms of working out the interest rate and stuff, somebody's got to sit down and try to figure out, you know, the terms of the mortgage that you guys are going to do together. Okay. So, so, so basically, just to recap really quickly, um, all I would have to do is essentially take into account all the, the taxes, because uh, I know the taxes and insurance and any HOA fees, and right. work out a mortgage that will give me a, 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 at least a positive cash flow or break even, yeah. and, then, and then recommend that, and then see, you know, see if he takes that. Yes. Yeah. Basically Thank what you. you're saying. Yes. And you can, I mean, you can put in whatever payment you think is going to make sense, and it's going to leave you a little bit of room there, and then you can back into whatever interest rate that is. Okay. Yeah, and uh, so that's how I do it sometimes, too, if I'm figuring out to the payment. Okay, okay, okay. I see. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great answer, Brian. Okay. Okay, all right. Well, I have two of them, but I'll, I'll basically just do the same thing with the, um, the second one because it's a little bit higher. It's maybe like 600000 Um So. Yeah, have you been to the quick start? I mean, you have some serious deals here. I, I have been. It was it was a, a little while ago. Um, I actually have I have people. I, I do online marketing. That's that's my my day job. And so what's your name again? Dale. Dale. What's your last? Or I I just uh, I, we should talk to you more, Dale, because you have complicated deals and we didn't get to them all. So uh, you can email the Gold Club. So um, that way we can finish if you had any questions on those. Yeah, things. and I want to look at your other deal, and, and we just, we're running long on time. You know. Okay, where, 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 where do I email? Just, just um, All you do is, you know how they have a forum? You can just actually email the Gold Club on the forum and say that you wanted um, to talk or, about another deal. Yeah, or Dale, you can call Gold James tomorrow and James, leave a message. James at globalpublishing.com. You're, you're both speaking, so I didn't, I didn't catch I could call who? Uh, James at Global uh -huh. Publishing. Uh huh. Dot com. Okay. All right. I'll do that tomorrow. Thanks. Okay. Awesome. All right. We got eight more people. Rashawn. Our next question comes from Jojo. Jojo, please state your question. Hi. This is Jojo from Texas, Houston, Texas. Hey, Jojo. Hi. Hi. So uh, I haven't done my first deal yet, but I have a few questions um, uh, that I was hoping to get some answers for. Okay. Uh, away. So uh, it's about the uh, legal entity. So uh, if I'm doing like owner financing uh, deals with just acts, um, what kind of legal entity would it be uh, good to form? And 
Usually the easiest entity for all of you guys is going to be an LLC, and you will eventually have numerous LLCs in this world because you don't want to put more than three uh, properties into an LLC, but you're going to use LLCs a lot. Sometimes you can use one LLC to be a trustee. On, I mean, one entity can be a trustee for another entity who is the beneficial interest of the land trust. So some of you guys who have trust questions and you don't know who to make your trustee, you can just form another entity. So LLCs, guys, is, is the answer to pretty much everything. Uh, maybe when you get to the next level, you can worry about setting up corporations and stuff. Or if you already got a corporation set up, you can use it. But really look at setting up an LLC. Mostly they're cheap and fast, and they're the best entity to help you with uh, liability issues. Yeah, just type, type in limited liability company. Yeah, you really you're, you want to go to your uh, local corporate commission. Just go to your state. If you guys want to find out how to do this, you can do it a lot of – I actually have several LLCs in different states. And so if you just go on your – you type in state corporate commission. So whatever your state is, type that in, then corporate commission. And then just look for set up an entity or establish an entity, something like that. And usually you can do it right online a lot of times. So. Okay, so, okay. so um, uh, when I uh, read about it, like uh, LLCs, uh, I heard was like good for holding, but uh, you know, corporations are much better. Okay, better I can't that. get into this. I mean, Ron barely gets into this at the quick start. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I love talking on. about this stuff, but just this isn't the best forum to get into really, you know, digging deep into entity stuff. Guys, just know that the the number one answer in the beginning is just get an LLC. And if you don't have an LLC and you're planning to do this, you should have, everybody should have an LLC anyway. It's cheap, usually. Uh, California being the exception, a couple other states. But just get in, go tomorrow and get an LLC. Get that going. And uh, you'll feel better and you'll have something to buy houses in. Okay. And you know what? Come, we can just, you know, that's more detailed answers. And Ron has some really good information, actually, on the Gold Club. If you go under... Uh, He's got a weekly lesson that elaborates on um, what you're talking about that we don't have time to go into right now. On the Gold Club, there's great resources for Ron's entity structuring. So, Okay, great question. Though. Okay, let's... Who's our next person up? Rashawn. Rashawn? Our next question comes from Rick. Rick, please state your question. Hi, kids. Hi, Rick. Hey, Rick. We saw you uh, sent over a lead sheet. Yeah, and um, I have kind of uh, about three questions on this. I haven't talked to the seller, but uh, this is a this is a condo, and I'm really struggling with uh, even continuing to pursue condos up here in Edmonton. Mm -hmm. So many of them, and those condo fees take a big chunk out of your potential deal. Um, the first first question I have for you is, uh, just looking at the lead sheet there, uh, what, what's a good opening line or what uh, can you suggest as a, as a good lead in to get people to volunteer the price? Because what I'm finding is that uh, a lot of the people that I talk to uh, in this kind of a situation, they're they're uh, familiar with the he who says first loses. <laughs> sure. Well, now, here's the question, though. How, how are you finding the leads that the lead isn't advertised with the price already in it? How are you finding these houses or these condos? Oh, that seller's calling you from a yellow letter or something? These are, uh, these are online FISBOs. 
But don't don't they have an advertised purchase price though? Most yeah, online Christmas have an advertised purchase price. This this one said she would take terms. Well, I I should have been well, more specific. Um, an opening line for getting the lowest possible down payment. Okay, for terms, because it says she's asking one sixty six nine. Yeah, so guys, it's not every once in a while you'll run into somebody who won't give you the purchase price, but usually in the FISBO world they have to advertise the purchase price. Right. Um, now terms though, that's a whole nother ball of wax. They don't won't normally put the terms. They may say they're open to terms, but not you know advertise the terms. The yeah. best way that we found to negotiate a down payment, and this is, uh, I came up with these lines after many, many, many years in the business, and this was just the best way we figured out how to talk about the down payment. Uh, and essentially what you, what you tell them is uh, you have already ironed everything out. You know, you got the purchase price and everything figured out and the payments, and this is the last thing you get to. And then when you get to this, uh, basically what you say is, so the way this normally works is, and you say normally a lot. Uh, in our scripts, we have the word normally in there a lot. Uh, yeah. They don't know. I mean, normally, hey, this is how it normally works, okay? So the way it normally works is we'll be making our first payment to you after we close and when we're making our first monthly payment. And, and, you under, and then I like to say you understand that, right? So that's, that's our whole kind of close on the down payment. We just say, so you understand the way this normally works is that we'll be paying you the first, our first money that you get from us, our first payment to you, will be after we close when we make our first monthly payment. You understand that, right? So if they say yes to that, essentially they've said, okay, the first payment you're paying me is the monthly payment. So obviously there's no down payment there. Now that's where they'll so you know that's a writer downer you know and no uh, no if that that's also where you're going to run into them saying well wait a minute what about a down payment so if they say that then you just say okay yeah, well like Brian said he says generally on this type of transaction we pay nothing down um, or very little and well if we were going to come up with something what's the least you would take is that the best you can do um, and then you can go into what Brian just said. Mm -hmm. Did you write that down, what Brian just said? It's kind of hard to get all this, but, guys, I think this call is recorded, so you can listen back. Uh, but it, all this is in our scripts. Ron's in our scripts. Uh, I'm just a massive believer in scripts. I worked in Hollywood writing screenplays for seven years, and I've used them in sales jobs, you know, all around the country. So scripts is it, and that's why this whole thing is how you say it. And that's so make, make sure you wrote that down, what Brian said. Okay, so the purchase price will be X amount. The monthly payment will be X amount. So the way it works, the way it usually works is that you'll get your first check from us when you start making monthly payments to you after we close. You understand, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, very okay. good. All right, can I just combine the two last questions into one, and that is sure. uh, – do you see anything in that deal, in those numbers? And just what what are your thoughts on uh, condos in general? I'm well, in condos, you always have to check the CC&Rs, covenants, conditions, restrictions, of course, that there's nothing preventing you from doing a lease purchase, um, a, a rent-to-own in there. Sometimes there's provisions on that. And you did already mention the HOA fee. you got to put that into the equation. That might knock you out of the ballpark. But... Essentially, um, you're either looking for price or terms. So 
if, uh, if you're in an area with a lot of condos, obviously our first preference is single-family residential houses, unless you're in certain farm areas where really you're just dealing with uh, condos. I mean, we had a farm area when we lived in uh, California where it was all condos. There were no residential houses. So um, we look at the big picture. You either need price or terms. So you're and if she's already advertised that she's willing to give you terms, it's probably likely that renters are allowed in that condo complex. There's another way around that, too. You can always own or finance both sides of it. That's true. Uh, but, you know, condos are good if there's room in them and if it's a very hot, you know, if it's a pretty hot commodity or popular commodity in your marketplace. Um, if it's unusual and there's not many condo buyers out there, I'd stay away from condos. But if your area has a lot of condo buyers, uh, you go where the money is, and the buyers are who pays you your money. So if there's a bunch of people who would give you 20000 down for that condo right now, if you get it under contract, you know, or more, then I'd go get it. That's the whole thing. What What is the market bear? Yeah. Okay. Okay? Very cool. good. Thank you very much. Great. Great. Great call. You're welcome. Who's up next? Our next question comes from Jose. Jose, please state your question. Hey, Jose. Hi, Jose. Yeah, um, I, I'm, new, I'm new to this. I'm the first time uh, I've even heard anything about uh, this type of deals, and I'm the first time I'm a Gold Club member. But I'd like to find out what is the best way for a beginner to get started on the, this type of deals, on this type of uh, uh, pre-house uh, deals. Well, you know, there's a couple. A couple different things, Jose. Um, we, we really like it when um, you just get in your car driving for dollars. You get in your car and you look for for sale by owner signs. You go on Craigslist and Zillow. You look for for sale by owner signs. Right on the Gold Club site, you have the property information lead sheet to fill out. And there's actually a, a recording of Ron showing you how to read that property information sheet right on the Gold Club as well. Um, so you really want to just, it's all about leads, right, Brian? Yes, actually, the, if you don't have leads, you don't have anything. And most of you guys, probably the way you're going to start and the way you'll get your first few leads is calling off these Zillow leads. And I've talked about Zillow already. You should all get familiar with Zillow anyway. If you have not been on Zillow, make, just do it. You know, make yourself a promise right now, I'm going to go on Zillow by tomorrow or even go on tonight. And just kind of, you can do save searches and everything on there. And it'll even send you emails of prop new properties that come up. Actually, you are not so interested in the new properties. Uh, I haven't really talked about that too much, but days on market is real important. But if you find properties on Zillow that are over 60 days old, those are some really good properties. That's what you're shooting for there. Um, go ahead, hon. Okay, yeah. So basically, uh, to answer your question, Get on uh, Zillow and Craigslist and uh, fill out the property information sheet. It's all a numbers game. It's all trial and error. Um, but you want to get as many, obviously, the seller. If you can get the seller, eventually we're going to talk about yellow letters and other ways to get sellers calling you because, obviously, the seller is more motivated. Uh, it changes your numbers when the seller is calling you versus you calling the seller. I guess I'll, I'll give you just real basics here. Everybody, what you should be shooting for in the beginning, if you're trying to really legitimately build this into a business, you've got to start doing about one deal a month or more, and you're going to need about 20 lead sheets in a month. Now, do you think you could sit down and call a whole bunch of Zillow leads and Craigslist leads, people who are trying to sell their houses, 
they've already advertised their house for sale and go through some basic questions. And guys, what's the most basic thing? What are we looking for in the pretty house world? We're just looking, I don't even care what kind of condition the house is in or anything. I'm just looking for somebody who's going to give us a little time to pay them off in full. So whatever, you know, however we set that up, whether it's a lease purchase, whether it's a owner financing or subject to or whatever it is, all it comes down to is them giving us a little bit of time to pay them off in full. So that's the whole uh, trick of the pretty house world is being able to explain to people, you know, this isn't like your traditional deal where I'm going to go down to the not going to pay you off in full right now, but you're just going to have to give me a little time to pay you off in full. And you're really looking for at least two years. So if, you get, if you're starting to call these for sale by owners and you start talking to them and talking to them and, let, you know, you're not hiding the fact you're an investor and you're interested in their property and you just have to explain now the way we normally do it uh, is, you know, we, we won't pay you off in full right away. And, uh, and that's, you know, that's where you use the scripts. And that's why we're such big believers in that and how to explain all this stuff. But obviously, if you can get to the quick start, that's where our sort of our basic training is. And, uh, but if you can get some good leads rolling before then, uh, and there's all kinds of different ways to do that, even just having business cards and passing them out and letting, them pe- letting people know that you're, you know, you're doing investing. Uh, that's, that's a way to just start to generate some leads. Uh, some people get some of their first deals from their church group or, you know, people they know, and, and uh, it's amazing how it can grow from there. Yes, you need to let everybody know that you buy and sell houses, okay? But to answer your question, we would go to uh, Zillow and Craigslist and start doing some outbound calls, get in your car, drive around, look for for sale by owner signs. Uh, in farm areas, the farm areas where you want to buy and sell houses. And, and get training because that's really the start. I mean, we can, I can tell you a couple things to do in five minutes here, but really uh, knowing how to do the deal all the way through is the key thing. And there's some really good, great training on Gold Club, guys, but obviously sort of the basics is all at the quick start. So great question. Yeah. All right. Did Thank you have you. any other questions? Oh, I think Rashawn cut him off. Yep. Who do we got, Rashawn? Our next question comes from Jim. Jim, please state your question. Hey, how y'all doing, Mr. Wolf and Mr. Wolf? <laughs> Hello, Jim. Tell everybody where I'm you're got, from. I'm from Pembroke, Georgia. Georgia, that's right. How are you tonight? Doing terrific, but I'm improving every minute. I love your positive attitude. On the way to be. I love this program. I love this uh, connection I've got with the uh, Gold Club, and I'm looking so forward to uh, being a success in this. Awesome. Well, we love love seeing those uh, testimonials and those those shut-up checks, copies of the checks. You can see them on the Gold Club. They have a whole tab section that just talks about testimonials. And uh, we, uh, around the Grand and us, we just love getting those uh, copies of checks and testimonials. I'm looking forward to giving you all some very soon. Uh, I've got a couple of questions. Right now I'm in the process of doing uh, several lease purchases. Uh, I've got about four of them I'm hoping to pick up before the end of this week. It'll be oh. my first four. I've uh, had a little bit of a slackness on a couple of them. I had an next-door neighbor cut me right off out of one feller's hands, and I turned around and gave him a text and a, He's supposed to call me in a little while so I can hopefully 
get back in that door because he was ready to give it to me the other day until his next door neighbor told him about a disaster down the road for somebody doing it without professional help. Oh, no. And that he needed a professional or he could end up the same way. And he liked that idea. He's already left the house and living in North Carolina, but he was ready to give it to me. But anyway, so I'm not worried about it. I'll get it. And I've got, like I said, four other ones I'm looking at this week that I'm supposed to be doing something with before the week's out. But I have one particular question to ask. And this isn't even to do with my lease option so much. Uh, with a warranty deed to trust, is that, first of all, is it mandatory that you have to have a notary on that? Yes, you do. Anytime you're doing a deed paperwork, guys, anytime you're, it, uh, paperwork is actually transferring the title, that right. has to be notarized. Yes. In well, fact, I, I was, uh, on the lease purchase, nothing has to be notarized because there's right, no deed right. transfer. That's, that's why I'm doing lease purchases. Deed, yeah, any kind of deed transfer paperwork has to be notarized. Contemplating while I was doing the lease purchase to lay the uh, warranty to deed out and have them go ahead and sign it over without doing the notary yet and having it handily available for the time when I do the actual closing later on to my buyer. That's so how we always that. used to do it. And back in the olden days, it was the wild, wild west. I mean, I yeah. bought a house once in an hour and 15 minutes. I just called, they <laughs> called in, I took the call. I uh, went out to their house, they followed me to the bank, and we notarized the deed at the bank, you know, right over to me. We didn't go through attorneys and stuff back then, but now we really recommend you do that. No more tabletop closes. Yeah, yeah, uh, and you, want you did mention the professional I, element, and I, we are professional, and we sign everything with our real estate attorney. But yes, right. if you are in a situation where you cannot do the secondary close, uh, you know, right away, or it's going to be some kind of a delay before they get to the lawyer. I have signed deed paperwork knowing that it's going to be re-signed later and notarized. Just you That's want the people to be sure. You want them to know that this house is sold and it's a done deal. Usually the contract alone will do that. If you get into the deed paperwork, you know, without a notary there, I probably wouldn't recommend doing it that way. Just because unless unless you think there's some question, like they think it's not a totally done deal. Um, so, you know, usually, but though the standard purchase and sale contract that we use when they sign that, and you don't need that to be notarized, usually they know they're, you know, they're in the deal. Yeah, and that's what we call equitable interest in the deal so that we can take it out and market, take it to the marketplace and get our buyer because we have uh, purchased the house and we have equitable interest when you sign that contract with the seller. Does that the answer that question, contract. Jim? The lease purchase contract does that too, though, doesn't Correct. it? Correct, yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm looking at, yes. Yes, that answered my question on that part of it. And then one other thing I wanted to ask you about, I've got an individual, the very same guy that sent the other man off, wanted to show me another house that is another one of his neighbors, the bad one, the guy that had the horror story. Okay. Had a house, it's got a 180000 uh note on it. The man just wants done with it. Okay. Okay, he's been paying on it for just a couple of years. This is a beautiful golf neighborhood. Uh-huh. These houses are running now 240 and up to 300000 on the green. Oh. This one is on the green, and he's oh. got a 180000 note on it. The last tenant went in there, was going to buy, uh, destroyed the house with a house full of dogs, and this man has went in with a contractor across the road and stripped out all the carpeting, cleaned it up, and has done a, some of the repairs. It still probably needs four or five thousand because I've been doing contract work for years. Okay. And they're talking, they're talking twenty thousand. I can see four or five, and I can have it back in shape. Do but they still um, have bare floors and everything. Yeah, bare floors everywhere except the kitchen where it's tiled and the bathrooms where it's tiled. All the carpet's okay. torn, and it's been cleaned up. 
Okay, uh, and what's the deal? You know, what have you offered? Well, yeah. the, the guy's in Florida, and I'm supposed to get his phone number. Uh, the man's supposed to contact him to see if he wants to talk with me. But I looked on Zillow, and I see that the bank has listed this house now for $150,000. Does this mean the bank has took this house back over already, or can I still get into this deal through the owner? Uh, you are going to – usually the bank's not going to list it unless they have the property back. It sounds like it's already an REO, a real estate-owned. Okay, uh, so I'll have to go at that rate and go for the short sale on it. You know, some yeah, usually when the bank gets it back, and that's part of what they need to have done is have, have the property listed. It sounds like it would be uh, a deal at 150 but I'm not sure. Remember, there's formulas for this, guys, and, you know, some of it, if you're paying cash – a whole different thing now this is just unfortunate i'd still try to get a hold of this guy you don't know what's your redemption do you have a redemption period like that in georgia do you know i'm not sure no idea okay all right that's another thing guys is you can do a little research on is check your state and see if there's a redemption period on a foreclosure you can just type in foreclosure redemption that's a great point and those states have a long like michigan has a really long redemption process where he could get the house back so having to do for taxation you know they got a one year and a 10 percent interest is what it used to be oh okay okay so then there is a chance that he could now if it made sense and uh he could get it back uh for the 180 you know now here's the trick guys what what is a lot of times nice is if you can actually catch up delinquency. Now this is going to cost you a few thousand, but you'll get it right back when you when you put your lease purchase buyer in this house. Um, so sometimes if you can catch up a delinquent mortgage, let's say it's five thousand late, and you get you can get the house for one hundred and eighty plus the delinquency, uh, and the and then when you catch up the mortgage, you don't have to pay it off. See, so that's the key. Now you had if you bought it from the bank. Somebody's got to come up with cash. So right. that's a whole different thing. So if you get this, if this guy had come to you uh, just, you know, a, a little bit before it went back to the bank. But, again, he may have some redemption, so you may this deal may still be alive. But if he comes to you before it goes back to the bank, then you can just straight up say, hey, I'll pay, you know, what's your delinquency? The mortgage is going to stay in your name for a while until I cash you out, but, you know, I'll catch up the mortgage and keep it keep it up the whole time. And that's what we love. Those are the zero money down, the none of your own credit deals that we love doing. Yeah, that's what we're trying. That's what we're shooting at constantly, me and Susie. But uh, anyway, I was looking at that one, and I heard, heard Ron talk about doing one like that that was delinquent and saying, you know, I'm not going to guarantee I'm going to back up your delinquents unless I can get a buyer in here and do an equity, you know, work for equity type buy situation on it. And, let my, uh, exactly. And then when I bring the money to the table, go pay the mortgage and bring it up to date and get me a little bit of cash flow in between. That's exactly so, what Brian was right, saying. Right. That's what I was looking at as well. Okay, I appreciate that. That's what I was looking for. And I wanted to let you know, uh, the guy asked about putting out a way to get leads. I found the best way I can find to get leads. I took your letter, yellow letter idea and go to the newer neighborhoods or a neighborhood that's like seven years old and, and newer and mm-hmm. started sticking them in the paper boxes, uh, the little letter that lets them think I have to go by and looked at their house, which I've done, and told them I'm interested in buying. And oh, I have yeah. been getting tremendous results in phone calls. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and they are like just, just get away from the house. I just want out of this. And they're really to lease option to me. Oh, so uh, I've got a couple of them that's backed up a little bit and looked and said, let me think. But I've got several of them that are like really biting at the chomps right this minute. 
Well, now, have so, you been to the Quick Start? No, I bought this course originally about 10 years ago and studied it for a little while and then had some things take place and happen and okay. just got out of circulation. Well, you know, you, you're finding a up. lot of opportunities there, and I'm sure you're kind of you know stumbling your way a little bit just having not been trained completely. So oh. if you can get these things rolling uh, without any yeah. more training, it's great. But use whatever money you make and get to the quick start because then you can really turn this into a business. And That's our it sounds like you're taking a lot of action, and I'm, I'm very excited for you, Jim. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I've been in sales for about 30 years, so, you know, I'm not oh, afraid to walk or knock a door. That's no wonder, no wonder. Awesome. And I'm not afraid awesome. to read a book and learn how to do things. So uh, That's great. I'm, I'm anxious to get to a quick start. Well, we hope to see you soon. We teach alongside with Ron the Ground for the past 14 years. so. And we're at every quick start, so you would see us there. I'll look forward to it. Y'all take care, and we appreciate your answers. Oh, thank you. you. Bye-bye now. See, coachable is a big thing, guys. If you are coachable, that's a good quality, and that's what I like there. Jim says, you know, I'm, I can read a book. I'm, you know, I read a book and learn something new. That's good. All right, who do we have next? Our next question comes from Rich. Rich, please state your question. Hey, Hi, Rich. Brian and Lynette. This is Rich from Pennsylvania. Hey. Rich. <laughs> and I met you guys at Quick Start Schools and so forth. That's but, uh, awesome. You know, well, it's nice to hear from you again. What you got going on? Well, uh, I got a number of things, but um, going towards the high-end house uh, houses, and my question is, what are the steps or techniques to market and sell a high-end house? Well, with high-end houses, obviously, um, we're marketing. You have a, a special website, which is geared toward the luxury home market. So we do create um, different kinds of websites, and then we've, we've got uh, for the high-end buyer. We actually, there's quite a bit involved where we'll go to um, uh, national relocation and big corporations and luxury home magazines and auctions. And so it's, it's quite a different animal, but the nice thing is still the same procedure and a lot bigger paycheck. That's why we love doing luxury homes. I'm not sure if you uh, got the big chunks. Um, luxury home big chunks um, manual from uh, from Ron, but we we love doing. Um, what kind of prices are you talking about? Well, in in our area, it's pretty much what Ron says. You know, anything over five hundred thousand. But um, I uh, I went through the training on big chunks, but there's really nothing in there about how to market these things. Okay, here's there's a, there is some things that Lynette mentioned there. If you're really going to start to target this. You have to kind of start building a business where you actually look for buyers in different ways sometimes. This is a different animal. This buyer that has, uh, you're looking for 50 to 100 grand down on some of these properties or more. And so it's not your typical walking around buyer. Uh, so you do need to target some things. And that had some good ideas there. We actually have a letter campaign uh, that's just, I, I've never offered it or anything. You know, it's what we use. On that, but Lynette, like Lynette says, you can go to relocation uh, executive uh, placement firms, and there's a lot of uh, local places you can go. Now, this is also where you're going to probably work with realtors, uh, and you're probably, if the area allows for it, I, we love open houses. We have, uh, you know, a whole way to do an open house in a luxury area, 
and sometimes you have to be careful. They're in H O, you know, they're in homeowner areas, and you can't, you know, you have to do it a certain way. But if you can get publicize an open house properly, plus do this letter campaign, because then we're talking about building a buyer's list even prior to to pulling the trigger on these houses. If you can find a, a few people who are looking for housing who have 50 to 100 down. Uh, and you can go and search. It's easier to find a house for a buyer than a buyer for a house, especially in this price range. So that this is really the this is the soft uh, part of the market right now, frankly, uh, 500 and up. Uh, and you really, you know, you you're doing your work to find the buyers, and the yeah. buyers are more precious than the sellers. And sometimes you can find some pretty good, uh, pretty eager sellers in this price range. But if you're very upfront with them, uh, you need to get kind of one house, and then you can start to go nuts with the letters and, and this program we have. Yeah, we actually have the, um, the, the auction for luxury home, a whole system in place um, to do the auctions with the uh, luxury home. But if you can get terms from the seller uh, that are favorable, um, there's a lot of different marketing that you can do. You can also do some targeted mailings to uh, areas, the, the actual area that the property is in. Uh, we actually have a it's a help choose your own neighbor letter. Um, sometimes we use it as a door hanger, and sometimes we use it as a letter in like the nicer areas. And you can send that all around the area. I mean, you can send out a thousand of those to just that area all around the house. And you know, a lot of people who live in that area know other people who have that kind of money. And that's actually we've sold like several houses doing that strategy. So there's different strategies you can use in the upper market, and it is a little different, and you are definitely going to work with realtors too. In fact, you probably the highest percentage of these are going to sell off of realtors. So you need enough money built into this thing, you know, to pay off some realtor commission sometimes. Uh, but that's, you know, this, like I said, this is kind of a different animal, and there's sort of a different way of approaching and looking for buyers in this. Uh, but I hope we gave you some good strategies. That yeah. Can, move forward with uh the uh, letter campaign to build buyers list um do you have like sample letters or something yeah we have a whole sequential luxury home letter that we send um and uh it's actually sequential because um it's uh it's very professional it's uh, a proven luxury home letter that we utilize um, because these are professionals. You know, I mean, you know, when you, you can, put the you know, sign in yes. the front yard, it, it's just like a normal real estate sign. It's that big white post. You know, we do everything 100% professional when it comes to the luxury home market. Uh, we have Scottsdale as one of our farm areas in Arizona that we hit real hard. Can, uh, leave a message with the Gold Club, and we can talk to you about it more. I, I, oh, yeah, we really. <laughs> and we really are running late on the call, so I, I wouldn't mind talking to you more about we just love talking. targeting that area, that kind of uh, higher-priced properties. I really like talking about that. So just leave your message. You know, are, can they just, are we getting can add email here? James, uh, James at Global Publishing. Yeah. Remember I gave his name Call earlier? James at Global and leave your name and number and we'll contact you back. Awesome. Good job. Go get those big paychecks. We love that. If, if that doesn't work, the uh, James, can I just do the wolfcouple at gmail.com? Uh, yeah. Well, you, have a, well, you probably already have our system from a while ago, don't you, the LeGrand Wolf system? The email's right on it. Yeah, our contact information's on yeah. that too, so. Yep, okay. that's it. You've got it. Fair another. Awesome. Thank you. Look forward to hearing from you.
Thanks. Hey, Rashawn, how many people we got left in the queue? Because we're already uh, 25 minutes past the hour here. Rashawn? We have a total of, queue of two in the queue. Okay, okay good. Two more. Two, two more. Okay, so there's one more after Sean. Sean, please state your question. Hi, Sean. Hey, guys. Hey guys, my name is Sean. I'm from Atlanta. I'm in the Gwinnett County, uh, which is in the Atlanta, Georgia area. And um, uh, about five months. Hey guys, um, about I'll make this quick. About five months ago, I bought. Um, you know, I paid a dollar to get Ron's um, Dollar Deal site, and you know, I spent about two weeks going through it. And then I actually started making calls through the lease that he sent out. Um, my my first eight calls, I got a deal. The first six calls, no answer. The seventh call, it was a realtor. And the eighth call, I got a deal using Ron's script. I did everything he did. I got them to move out, um, paid the, the mortgage for two months after they moved out. Wow. I, I, I marketed, did everything like that um, that I was supposed to do. Of course, I got an LLC, business cards, logos, all that, brand and stuff, a website. And, uh, and then I got a buyer, and um, she's in the home. It was a $300,000 uh, condo. Well, I sold it for 300000 It was a condo. Um, I mean, excuse me, a townhouse, three-bedroom mm -hmm. uh, in, in a gated garden community. Um, the owner sold it to me for what I, I got them to, to, to say, um, you know, will you sell it to me for what's, you know, what the mortgage payoff oh, is right. at the time of, clo of closing. So they agreed to that. So they didn't ask for anything down. They were just very motivated to move out because of the loss of employment. Um, so my, my question here is. Well, what did you okay. pay for it then? You, do you okay. buy it for what's owed on the mortgage? Yeah, at time of closing. That that's what's in the the cost of the home. Okay, and what's owed on the mortgage right now? Right now, two two eighty is owed. Two eighty, and I, you sold it for three hundred. I sold it for three hundred. I got a seven hundred a seven thousand um, dollar option fee. I could have got more, but I didn't listen to Ron. I advertised the the um, option fee. I mean, the you know the down deposit price instead of letting them tell me what they could pay. So I messed up there. That was a huge mistake. But I ended Wait, up, did you actually I, put seven thousand in the ad or something? No, I put I put twenty thousand actually. I put twenty thousand, and um and and it was it 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 made people think of that number versus them telling me what they could get, and I okay. kind of shot myself in the foot for that. Yeah, you don't want to do that. You just you have to advertise the purchase price usually, but uh, you don't usually advertise the monthly payment or how much down you're looking for. Okay, so go yeah, ahead. Yeah, Very good. Right. Everything so, sounds good. Are you done? So with? I got. So I got her to pay $7,000 option fee, non-refundable option fee, plus she paid me $1,500 for um, a washer and dryer set that was in the, 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 the uh, unit, the home as well. So, okay. so, that's, so that's that. So my question is, is how do I get paid on the end of this deal? Because Ron says this is what we call a golden goose. I, and and um, I, I know I, I've got all the paperwork in place, and you know, I, I have an attorney, but I, 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 don't, I haven't taken it to the attorney until it's time to close, or should I take it to the attorney now? What's what's the term that you have from the seller? The term is that they've given me uh, three years with twelve month um, um, extendable for two years, so it's up to five years, and those are automatic twelve month extensions. Uh, should I not close out at the, at the end of thirty six months? So um, I've got it. I've got it up to five month, five years right now. Okay, and uh, um, you did not sign anything with an attorney up to this point. Is that correct? That's correct. I haven't taken okay, well, the attorney. I've only called yeah, a couple we, close attorneys. Usually we do. I highly recommend the attorney signing, especially when you take a non-refundable option deposit from the buyer. You already okay. took seven grand. Are you okay? I mean, guys, there's nothing notarized on this end, and so a lot of times uh, people don't always take this side to the attorney, although we recommend you do, especially like Lynette said, uh, if they give you 20 or 30 down, you don't want them coming back and saying there was something 
you know, screwy, and you want your attorney to be able to stick up for you. But seven thousand, you're probably okay. Um, okay. I think that uh, the way you will eventually get paid is you will not be actually in the final contract. The final contract will be between your seller and your buyer. Um, okay. You will write your whatever you're making in this deal will be written in on the HUD one as an assignment fee. Sometimes they'll want to oh, put thanks. it in as a consulting fee or a second mortgage payoff. There's actually a space on the HUD one for second mortgage payoff that sometimes the lawyers like to put it right in there because there's space for it. Um, okay. So you know, however they do it, that's really not your concern. Your concern Got is it. you set this deal up properly. Now okay. the question is. This option that you signed with your buyer, did you sign a 12-month option with her? Uh, no, with the buyer, I signed a 24-month option. Okay, well that's and, okay. Um, but so she gets, so she can, if she closes within 24 months, she's buying it for 300 then, right? She, it's for 293 because the 7,000. Um, oh be right, right. So right. right. Oh, now I would, you know, after 24 months, if she hasn't bought it by then. You know, I, I, you'd be bumping it at least ten grand, maybe a little bit I, more, because you're gonna, I, you know, you're gonna make more profit that way. Okay, I used Screen the tenant, and they said that she'd actually be qualified in about nine months. I mean, she's a great tenant. She's already paid like rent for like three months in it. Okay. Oh, now, all right. It's crazy. Listen <laughs> on this one now. You, uh, uh, you don't want to. You want her to take longer than uh, a twelve that's month. That's what I'm thinking. Capital gains tax. So okay. what you want to do is if she's ready to buy in nine months, just stretch it out so that she actually buys it after 12 months. 12 months gotcha. and one day. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, that's, that's what I heard as well. Thank you for that info. That's, that, was, that was key. Okay, Captain. That's game. great. Thanks, and, guys, if you don't push them, some buyers get in, and we just put a buyer in a house that I think she's going to go out there and do it. She's motivated, and she put a decent amount down, and she's already fixing the place up and everything. So, you know, I think she's probably going to go through with it. But Sometimes the times, geese die, and you have nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Sometimes you put people in, and, and uh, you know, you just leave them to their own devices, and you don't never really hear from them, and the payment keeps coming every month, and five years goes by. And, you know, if you got it subject to and there's no ticking clock, that's the golden goose Ron talks about, too. But if you've got gotcha. five years on this lease purchase and you have a good positive cash flow every month, then, you know, you're not in any big rush. However, you, she may disappoint you and come through and, you know, want to close pretty quickly, and that's okay. That's <laughs> well, I think you're doing fabulous, by awesome, the way. Awesome job. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Yep. We're proud of you doing it. Getting out there and doing business. Way to take action. Absolutely. That's how we make it happen. Yeah, keep it going. And, you know, come. We hope to see you at yeah. one of the events. Yep. Absolutely. I'm, I'm looking forward to coming to one. All right. Great. Thanks, guys. Yep. You're welcome. Good job. Okay, one more call. One more caller. Rashawn, last but not least, this has been a fabulous call. Yes. Unfortunately, our last caller has dropped out of the queue for questions. Okay. Okay, we probably answered all the questions in the last hour and a half. <laughs> well, this was a great call, guys, and uh, thanks to all of you for being on the call. Yes. And I know we got you some great information. You know if you ever have Lynette and Brian on, you better have a pencil and a paper or a pen and, or your computer <laughs> because we're going to say a lot of stuff. Now, remember, this is recorded, so if you missed anything, uh, and you know what we talked about. We talked about a lot about the pretty house and subject to lease purchases we talked quite a bit about, 
transfer taxes, all kinds of things. I mean, very important stuff for your business, what to do in the beginning, you know, how to get going, and even some more advanced stuff too, NLCs and all that. So if you want to remember, uh, and I'm sure that no, you guys did not catch everything. I'm sure if I listened to this over, I'd catch some things that I didn't catch. So listen to it over if you, if you got some time. And uh, and come to the, keep coming to the calls and keep, and if you can get to one of the events as soon as you can. Yes, and we're uh, this is uh, the Wolf Couple, Brian Lynette Wolf, Mr. Yes. and Mrs. Enthusiasm. Yes. And um, signing off, and we will be seeing you soon at a Ron Grand event. Yep. See you soon. Awesome. Take care, everybody, and uh, go get them. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Take action. <laughs>